All right, good evening, everybody. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. Um, I struggle with fear, selfishness, anger, and my name is Josh, and I'm glad to be here today. And thank you all for being here. I love Friday nights. Thank you so much for being here. Your presence means a lot. Thank you for watching online. If you walked in, you should get that outline. Go ahead and pull that out. We'll be doing some notes on that outline. If you're watching online, you, I want you guys to know something that on your version app on your phone, you can go to your version app and you can hit more and you can find Southern Hills Baptist Church Live uh, event, Celebrate Recovery, and the notes we'll be going over tonight will be on your version app as well. So that's something uh, that you have as well for, for tonight. Well, we're going to be on the amends lesson, and it's a lesson that covers principle six of spiritual growth. And principle six says this, I think we'll have it up on the screen. It says, evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make what? Amends. That's what we're talking about tonight. Make amends for harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. So what we're going to cover tonight are what I believe, what, what I believe are essentials in making amends, making a good, healthy amends, and hopefully helping us all grow in our relationships. And something I've learned here lately is that before I can be really good at making amends, I need to be made amendable myself. And you might be going, what in the world does that mean, to, to be amendable? And when I think of amendable, I think the opposite of amendable is like being hard-hearted, callous, you know, this is just the way I am kind of thing. Whereas an amendable person is someone, Lord, change me. There's a soft heart. It's pliable. Lord, mold me and shape me. Make me who you want to be. And I've been in a step study here this past year. I've been in two step studies, actually. And my eyes have been opened to some character defects I need removed in my life to make me a more soft-hearted, amendable person. And I want to share some of that with you tonight. You know, in principle five, we say voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life. And we humbly ask him to remove our character defects. Well, I've identified some character defects in my life that keep me from being an amendable person, which keep me from making a healthy amends. I want to share with those with you tonight. So we'll have it on the next slide. But I got the, the word amendable and I got an acrostic for you. This is a fun little acrostic called soft because amendable, amendable means, means soft hearted. And here's some character defects I've been asking God to remove in my life so I can make amends. And so the S stands for self-centeredness. How many of you struggle with self-centeredness? Okay. Hint, if you don't have your hand up, I'll tell you what you struggle with. <laughs> Denial, all right? No, you, you may be a very selfless person. You're awesome. I'm not, okay? But I struggle with self-centeredness. And, and the way that plays out in an amends, when I go make amends, is sometimes I'll walk into an amends and I make myself at the center. In my thinking, I'm at the center of the amends. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but I reacted that way because don't you know the pressure I'm under? Like, I, I apologize I reacted that way, but don't you know I'm wounded too? Don't you understand me? Don't you feel me? And I'm making myself the center of the amends in my mind. And I was talking to Julie Heritage about this. She taught this lesson last week to our students. And she told me, whenever I make self the most important part of the equation, my amends will fail. 
And it's so true. Whenever I'm the center, whenever I make myself the most important part of the equation in an amends, the amends will fail every time. Every time. And so I have to walk into the amends going, Lord, help me see the other person. Lord, remove self-centeredness in my life. Help me to say what honors you and is of help to this other person. So self-centeredness, something I've been asking God to remove in my life. Another one is others' examination. Oh, my goodness. Man, nothing will harden your heart more than being more into others' examination than self-examination. And the way that plays out in the men's for me, sometimes I walk into a conflict and I'm thinking, I know what they're thinking. Or I've, I've examined that they're going to react this way. This is the way it's going to play out. This is how, you know, I, this is what they're, you know, thinking. This is their background, something like that. I don't know. I'm just kind of examining them. And, and it, it just fell when I do that. I just need to make amends. And we'll talk about how to do that here in just a little bit. And Jesus says something very important in his Sermon on the Mount when he says this in Matthew 7, verse 5. Watch this. Jesus says, First, I think we'll have it on the screen, Matthew 7, 5, because I'll have to look at my notes then. Okay. <laughs> so Jesus says, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Notice where the log is and notice who has the speck. Like I have the log, they have the speck. Jesus right here is saying, first, self-examine. Do your own self-examination. Don't be into others' examination when you're walking into a conflict or when you're making amends. And I love this prayer in Psalm 139. This is my prayer when I walk into the amends. I, I, this is so good. Look at this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Blessed is the person, I think, that is in the self-examination more than they are into the other's examination, for they will grow relationally. Well, back to our acrostic on amendable. The F in, in soft is another character defect I want God to remove in my life is fear. Sometimes I fear conflict resolution. Sometimes I would rather prep for a colonoscopy. <laughs> I don't know why I said <laughs> I was gonna, Sometimes I would rather get a prostate exam. They walk into, I don't know. I, I'm getting crazy here, but I, I just rather just kind of let time make things right. And sometimes, well, what I'm learning is God does not call time to make things right. He calls you and I to make things right. Not to pretend like nothing happened. Making amends is really about facing conflicts. And, and, and yeah, we're going to talk about time. Timing is important. We're going to talk about that. But man, sometimes I can just fear it and, and try to not to avoid it, to escape it and run from it. And that's not being a peacemaker that we'll be talking about as well. Well, finally, the T in, a, in my little fun acrostic here is testiness. Now, that's anger. I couldn't, I had to come up with a T. And so I, I was talking about anger, really. But testiness and Testiness is anger, it's irritability, it's getting annoyed easily. And, and man, I don't know, if it, but over the past five years, I find myself getting a lot angry easier. I get angry easier. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm 50 now, I'm becoming a grumpy old man, I don't know. But God has such a sense of humor while I was preparing this lesson. I'm not kidding, you think I'm making this up. But while I was preparing this lesson, 
Someone texts me in a group thread, puts me in a text thread, and, and just puts out some information. Well, within five minutes, there was 30 texts in a row. While I'm preparing this lesson, I'm like slamming my phone, turning it off. I was so mad. And how many of you get, how many of you get annoyed by text threads? Okay, I'm, I'm not the only one. Thank you very much. Okay, I think that's okay. But where that gets in the way with me is sometimes I, I just get angry and it causes me to have huger conflicts and it's over personality differences or it's over different points of view or it's over different passions, things like that. And I have no right to be offended by that. And when I'm all angry on the inside and testy, I can't see the beauty that God has fearfully and wonderfully made each person. That each one of us is complicated. Each one of us is difficult, including me. But man, when you start peeling away the onion and getting to the heart issues of people, man, we're a lot alike. We all need to be appreciated. We all need to be cared for, supported. We all need to feel valued, all those things. We're a lot alike deep on the inside. But when I'm testy and angry, I can't see them blind to it. So anyway, that's just a fun little acrostic, how God has been working on me this past year and character defects I've identified and asked him to remove so I could be an amendable, pliable person that's ready to walk into the men's and be humble and make peace. And so hopefully one of those points help you in some way. But the key verse of the immense lesson is Matthew 5, 9, and we'll put this on the screen. And Jesus teaches this in his Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are the peacemakers for what they'll be called children of God. And that word blessed does mean happy. You can even insert the word happier. Happier are the peacemakers. And isn't that true? Aren't happier are the peacemakers than the troublemakers? Or the drama makers? I mean, it is so obvious when you read scripture that God wants us into peacemaking. I'm going to show you just a few New Testament scriptures here about how God wants us, you know, being peaceable people. Look at this in Romans 12, 18. He says, the Apostle Paul says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at what? Peace with everyone. Two chapters later, the Apostle Paul writes this in Romans 14, 19. So then let us pursue what makes for what? Peace and for mutual upbuilding. And then finally, Hebrews 12, 14. Again, this is just a sampling. But the author writes, strive for what? Peace with everyone. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Peace. To be a peaceable person. To be a peacemaker in your life. God wants us making peace, not making things even or getting revenge, retaliation. God wants us making peace, not making the other person feel bad or shamed, judged, condemned, all those things. God wants us into making peace. And Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. And he finishes that verse by saying, for they will be called children of God. God is a peacemaker. He himself is a peacemaker. That's part of who he is. And he made peace with us by sending his son who died on the cross for our sins. He took our unrighteousness. He gave us his righteousness. Jesus Christ died on the cross to reconcile us to God, to be at peace with God. Do you really want to look like your heavenly father? That's what Jesus means here. They will be called children of God. Do you really want to resemble your father in heaven? Be a peacemaker. That's who he is. That's what it is. All right, so on the rest of this lesson, I wanted to talk about some practical tips, some how-to 
how to make a peaceable amends, okay? How to make a peaceable amends. So on your outline that you got here, uh, you'll see the amends acrostic that's in the curriculum. I want you to look at that. If you're watching online, just write the word amends vertically. We're going to go over an acrostic on how we can make a peaceable amends in our relationships. And I think when you put this acrostic into practice, I think you're being intentional. You're initiating peacemaking in your life. You're obeying scripture when you put this acrostic into practice. So I want to start actually with the M up there. The M stands for make a list. And the reason I want to start with that is because if you are in a step study, um, we're on principle six tonight, but if you're in the step study, that means you've already done principle four, where you made that searching and fearless moral inventory of your life. You've already written down people that you have hurt and exactly what you did. Also people that have hurt you, but you have written down people that you need to make amends with. And you need to go back to that list and say, God, okay, who can I make amends with now? So you start there with that list and you've already made it if you're in a step study because you did principle four. And when you're ready to make amends, I want to look at the rest of this acrostic. The A stands for admit the hurt and the harm. Admit the hurt and the harm that you caused, okay? Admit the hurt and the harm. And I need to own up to what I did. I never start in amends by owning up or saying this is what you did. <laughs> I admit the hurt and the harm I caused. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I never say this out loud in the men's, but sometimes I'm thinking it. And that is, sometimes I'm thinking percentages. Like, I'm only like 20% wrong here. And you're like 80% wrong. You're like, you're more at fault than I am. But you really can't walk into the men's that way. <laughs> Just admit the hurt and the harm you did, okay? There's something so healing. When you say, here's what I did. I had a horrible attitude. I apologize for that. That was hurtful. Will you forgive me? Here is what I did. I, I have been so selfish that I, I really have neglected you, and I, I am so sorry. That, that hurts. Will you forgive me? There's just something so healing when we're humble and honest in the men's, when we're just owning our part. No matter if it's 20%, 80%, whatever, who cares? Just own your part without making excuses, without minimizing, without justifying yourself. Well, I reacted that way because, you know, I didn't think you would care that much. You know, this, this, this own your part. Admit the hurt and the harm. Well, the next thing it says up there, the E, is encourage one another. Encourage one another. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4, 29. We'll put this up on the screen. But the Apostle Paul says this. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up. I'm just laughing because I like I disobey this verse all the time. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do you know what unwholesome talk is? Do you know what language is that tears people down? You statements, like accusations. Well, I'm sorry, but you're a real piece of work too, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're, uh, for what I did, but you're just as much as fault as I am. You know, we're, we're kind of not just sticking to I and me statements. Again, when you, if you really want to make an encouraging, peaceable amend, stick to I and me statements as much as you can. 
I did this, that hurt, I'm sorry. That is such more of an encouraging, I mean, it's had to put that acrostic or this in the practice this week. I tell you, it works. That person received my amends. I'm so thankful for this. And so stick to the I and me statements. I think another important aspect of making encouraging, peaceable amends is to watch your tone. Watch your tone. Um, you definitely don't want to go to an amends with harshness or, or disrespect. The Apostle Paul talks in Ephesians 4, 15 about speaking the truth in love. And that's the tone we got to go into. Lord, help me to have a loving tone, a respectful tone, a kind tone, whatever it may be. And I, I, I found some sayings. I think Pastor Rick Warren came up with these. He probably got them from someone else. But here's some great things to remember about tone. Say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. Love that. I love that. Uh, next, the next one. You're never persuasive when you are abrasive. Man, when I was early on in ministry, I used to share the gospel so abrasively. And let me tell you something. No one ever like, oh, I need Jesus to come into my heart now because of what you said. Like, no one said that. I was so abrasive. I was never persuasive. Man, I'm telling you, you are never persuasive when you're abrasive. Next one. You never get your point across when you're being crossed. And last one, I think we're, we're getting the, the picture. If you say it offensively, it will be received defensively. So when you walk into an amends, don't think just about what you're going to say, but think how you're going to say it. Maybe think about, well, how would I want someone to make amends to me? How would I want someone to come and apologize to me? Let that, let that guide you. You need to watch your tone. Well, back to the amends acrostic. Just one more note about encourage one another that if you're in the step study and you're taking this lesson called amends, one of the things you're going to see about encourage one another is that you need encouragement yourself. You need to get with your sponsor and let them pray you up. You, first of all, get prayed up. Pray to God about this amends. Talk to him before you talk to anybody. But get with someone you trust, the sponsor. Let them check you on your motives. If you're taking too much responsibility, not enough responsibility, let them pray you up because you're going to make an encouraging amends when you go into that amends, prayed up, okay? So encourage one another. Well, the next letter is the N, which stands for not for them, not for them. That is always, that's always been confusing to me, not for them, because I've had people come and make amends for me, uh, to me, and it was so healing. It, it was such a blessing. I was like, thank you. I don't have to hold on to unforgiveness here or resentment. I mean, that's a choice anyway. But you know what I'm saying? When you make amends with someone, it is for them in some ways. It blesses them. It, it, it brings healing to their lives. But what I think the curriculum is getting at with not for them, it's not for them to give you anything back. Like sometimes we say when you make amends, don't expect anything back. It's so true. Because you can walk into an amends. And you can put all these things we're talking about tonight into practice. You can be all prayed up. You can be watching your tone. You can be sticking the eye in these statements. And that person gets up and they walk out. They do. They might not accept your amends. They may even question your amends. But you know what? That's got to be okay. I walked into an amends one time. This was an intense amends. And, and, and I was really expecting them to reciprocate. I shouldn't have went in there with that attitude. Because I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, this is what I did. And they weren't ready yet. And I was expecting them to be ready. And I wasn't ready for them not to be ready. And the thing just got horribly, it just blew up on me. You just put this amends acrostic into practice and you trust God with the results. Amen? Yeah. 
just don't expect anything back. Don't expect them to smooch you and tell you how good you are and the relationship's back to normal. Stop it. Admit the hurt and the harm. Do not expect anything back. Trust God with the results. Well, the D in amends stands for do it at the right time. Do it at the right time. When we get, as we get further into our recovery journey here, one of the things we'll come across is step 10 of traditional recovery. So if you in AA or really familiar with recovery, step 10 says we continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admit it. And I try to live that, that step out all the time. I really do want to keep a short amends list. I don't like conflicts to linger on and on. And, and, and so because, you know, I've been coming, I just, I just really want to keep a short amends list. But there have been times where I wish I would have considered the timing because my timing was off. And one of those times is when I walked into an amends expecting something back. It wasn't the right time. I needed to wait until the anger settled, until I could really go in there, not expecting the reciprocation. I needed to put this into practice. Sometimes do that at the right time means, you know what? Well, step 10 says I need to promptly do it. Well, that person may not be ready to speak to you. And you got to be okay with that. Maybe what you could do is just send a text owning your stuff and asking for their forgiveness or write them a letter. But if they're not ready to speak to you, don't force it. Okay, sometimes the right time is, is, you know, I just need to wait until we're both unhurried. There's less distractions, less interruptions, things like that. And I think it's why it's very wise to get prayed up, to talk to your sponsor so that you can really check the timing. Because sometimes the timing is very, very important. So do consider doing it at the right time. And finally, the S in the men's stands for start living the promises of recovery. Start living the promises of recovery. One of the most famous verses that we learn as a child is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I love this verse because it gives us a great promise of recovery. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make what? Straight your paths. Did you know that one of the great promises of recovery, of spiritual growth, is that God will make straight your path? The straight path is from point A to point B. It will get you down the road forward and faster in a very efficient way. The opposite of a straight path, of course, is a wavering path or a crooked path, an around path. I was on my phone the other day in Apple Maps, and I was just having fun, but I I put in St. Louis. And we all know the straight path to St. Louis, right? You get on I-44 and head east and you'll get there. That's, that's the straight path. But my maps actually had the straight path, but it had a crooked path and a round path. And I was sitting there thinking, if I went those paths, that would cost me a lot more. I'd be tired. I'd be drained. I'd be fatigued. I think I'll just go the straight path, okay? And even on the straight path, there's potholes, there can be storms and everything, but that's the better path is the straight path. Do you understand what God is saying about his kingdom? When you trust him and you acknowledge him in all your ways, and all your ways includes your relationships, when you acknowledge him in the way you're a dad, in the way you're a mom, in the way you're a parent, in the way you're a friend, when you acknowledge him in all your ways and you trust him, the promise is, is he will make straight your path. He's going to get you down the road forward. He's going to get you down there in a timely fashion. 
God says, be a peacemaker. But you know what? My flesh says, uh-uh, I think I want to stir up drama here and be a troublemaker. Well, you know what you're doing? You're going in a crooked path. You're going in a path that you're going to regress. And it's going to take you a lot longer. It's going to cost you a lot more going down that path. God says, be a peacemaker. I'll make your path straight. Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful to build others up. But no, my flesh says, I want to rip them and tell them what's up. Go down that path and you're not going down the straight path. You're going through a wavery and a crooked path. God says he's given you the ministry of reconciliation. And amends is a great way to be into the ministry of reconciliation. But no, my flesh wants to wait things out and, and, and just make them come to me. I'm not going to do that. When they come to me, then I'll be ready. I'm not going to initiate that. See, that's the crooked path. That path is draining. That path will not get you down the road quicker. That path will, it's not as, you know, it won't grow you and heal you, but when you follow God, when you obey him, I mean, gosh, he just moves you forward and you experience more healing and more growth and you, you become all that God has called you to be. Trust him, acknowledge him in all your ways, especially in your relationships, and he will make your paths straight. Blessed, blessed are the peacemakers. Be a peacemaker in your life. Carry out this amends acrostic. It really does work when you have hurt somebody. And when you be a peacemaker and when you carry out the amends acrostic, I'm telling you, he will make straight your path. But I think even more importantly, you start to resemble your father in heaven. So Tammy, Ben, let's come back up and let's go into what we call the blue chip time. And if this is your first time here, after a teaching or after a testimony, we do an invitation like we would on Sunday, but on Friday we hand out these blue chips. And these blue chips, first and foremost, represent surrender. And maybe for you today, it's like, Lord, <laughs> I do surrender my life or I surrender this area of life to you. And I'm trusting, Lord, because I'm tired of the crooked path. I'm tired of wavering. I'm tired of regressing. I'm just going to trust you that as I obey you, you're going to move me forward. You're going to keep me moving forward into healing, moving me forward into freedom. I'm not going to follow the flesh's path. I'm going to follow your path. Maybe it's just a surrender to his path in a relationship right now. Maybe you're here today and it's a character defect that you've identified like me. Like I said, I've been in some step studies here lately and I've identified character defects that are getting in the way. And this just reminds me, Lord, I humbly ask you to remove this selfishness in my life, this other's examination in my life, this fear, this anger, all these other things. Maybe it's something different for you, but you just surrender to him. I'm telling you, God will grow you. He'll move you down that path, okay? He'll, 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 he'll help you. So it could be any area of your life that you can surrender to him tonight. And so what we do during this time, men, you pick up chips for men. Women, you pick up from women. Whatever God is speaking to you tonight, let this chip remind you of that. And if you want to come down to the altar and pray about any situation, any circumstance, any relationship, there is so much power in that. We are a praying church. People will come down and pray with you. That's available to you as well. So let's start by standing and singing, and you do as you're led. <laughs>